Welcome to the Soul Surgery Podcast. My name is Nikki Clinch and I am your host. I am a maturation facilitator, teacher and coach, integrative holistic health counselor, breathwork facilitator and author. I am the founder of the Academy of Maturation Coaching, The Alchemy of Being, where I train as many people as I can to become powerful spaces for human beings to come home to their authentic truth. Maturation is a powerful evolutionary process of dissolving trauma, breaking free of stuck patterns, and growing and healing at the taproot. Growing out of who we thought we were from the stories led by our past conditioning in order to grow and evolve into who we were born to be. In this podcast, I will be sharing many different things with you, opening up the doorways to my coaching sessions where you can witness with your own eyes how trauma contaminates our reality and how we can dissolve it, heal it at the root and rewrite the story of our lives, reclaiming our power and reminding each one of us that who we are is wholeness. I will be interviewing some of the world's most prominent teachers in spirituality, healing, transformation, and human involvement, and sharing with you my own teachings and learnings along the way, and above all, sharing with you my heart. The purpose of this podcast is to remind each one of you who you really are, to open up the doorway to a new possibility, to a new paradigm, to healing, health, transformation, and our involvement as individuals and a species. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One thing that you can do for me, if you find this podcast useful and if you love it, please do subscribe. And if you feel called to leave a review because reviews really matter. They help to spread the word and help to spread this podcast to as many people as we can. And lastly, If you have any big aha moments, any shifts, any insights in any of these episodes, please do share it with me. Share with me which episode it was, where in the episode it happened, and how it has impacted you and your life. Because there is nothing more I love than hearing from you and hearing your healing. So without further ado, let's get going. I hope you enjoy today's episode on the Soul Surgery Podcast. Hi, Emma. Good morning to you. How are you today? Hi, Nikki. I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you today. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. And thank you for giving me your time um, and also your generosity. These these interviews that I've been having with people have been some of my favorite ways to spend time right now, just because I'm finding it so rich and nourishing hearing the human stories. Um, and I'm really looking forward to hearing more about you. So, and also thank you for getting up early. (laughs) I know it's, it's not that early, but it is relatively early where you are. (laughs) So thank you for getting up and getting ready. It's not that early, but believe me, <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's early for me to be this glam. Trust me, nobody sees me this good at nine a.m. We are. So I get up lucky. early because I obviously have a little dog to walk, but definitely makeup and hair. Yeah, I don't let this glam on dog walks. Trust me. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much. It's a gift for us. So um, everybody that I bring through this process in the surrender series, I, I ask about what the biggest point of surrender has been in your life so far. So when I ask you that, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you? It's really interesting because I think surrender, and this is why I love your work so much, Nikki, has probably been one of the biggest lessons for me in my life because I'm a Virgo, sun sign, Aries rising. So I have very much like fiery, controlling energy in my chart. And I naturally sit more in my masculine as well, energy wise. So for me, like I love routine. I love structure. I love control. I love all like all of these things. And I think definitely, you know, when I was spiritually awakened six years ago and then found the law of attraction and, you know, the law of attraction being my biggest teachings, I very quickly realized that I wasn't getting the results I wanted or like manifesting the big things that I really wanted in my life. And that's what led me on this journey to learn about surrender and learn about what true, true surrender means. And at first I thought, great, it's just about letting your desires go. And you know, like then your desires come to you. But then really over the last, I would say three or four years, the universe sent me on a kind of deep inner work journey, which actually taught me the real surrender and actually how much I really do need to surrender in life and how all of us do and how important it is. So I feel like to me, it means really about allowing. I think for me, it has been receiving, it has been allowing, allowing myself to be held and also remembering that this is like a co-creation process with the universe that it's not just us doing this alone and it's not just everything happening to us. You know, it's really about remembering that, yes, we have these incredible things like law of attraction and manifesting, but actually the universe has its own little plan as well, which we have to surrender into and allow the process to unfold. Hmm. So I'm interested, you said you had a spiritual awakening or you were spiritually awakened six years ago. Was it six years ago? What do you mean yeah. by that? What, what happened? What does that mean? So about eight-ish years ago. So I had a very different business before this and, um, about eight years ago. So back in 2012, um, I had depression and I was in a really bad relationship at the time. I had depression and I just didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know how I'd got to this place. I couldn't understand. I didn't, I didn't even know what self-love was back then. So when I had my first business, which was Extreme Couponing and Deals UK, which is a very different business to what I do now, money saving, couponing, um, you know, that was my kind of savior at the time to have that kind of escapism and have something to focus on, which was positive and, you know, positively impacting people as well, helping people save money and get out of debt. So fast forward to 2016, I was then in another really bad relationship. And the first relationship had left me in £7,000 worth of debt, which made me start up the couponing business and money saving because I needed to get out of £7,000 worth of debt, which wasn't my fault. I took on to help him. I was a banker at the time. I was a banking manager in one of the UK's leading banks. So I was like, this makes sense. I'm going to take this on to help him, support him. And then we broke up and he didn't pay a single penny of it. So obviously I learned a very big lesson there. Um, and you know, couldn't get that money back. I had to pay it mm. off. It was my responsibility. So fast forward to 2016, the depression was definitely still there. I just would have panic attacks all the time. And really the depression had got pretty bad at this point to the point where I was considering suicide. And 
I never thought I would be that person. I never thought that I would have those thoughts. And I knew for myself that I couldn't do it. I knew that I couldn't do it, but I knew I had to change something. And I knew that there was more to life. So when that relationship broke down, I was like, right, I need to sort myself out because this is not what life is. This is not what happiness is. And there must be more to life than this. And this like misery I feel and this like darkness within me. And I tried everything. I tried counseling. I tried CBT. I tried hypnotherapy. I tried antidepressants. Believe me, I was a trier, but nothing seemed to shift this. And I believe, I know this isn't the case for everybody because depression definitely does need medication sometimes. But for me, I believe it was a spiritual depression. And as soon as I kind of had this epiphany and found the law of attraction and the universe started communicating with me. And the moment that changed that was literally when the relationship was at the worst. I remember looking out the mirror, um, looking out the window at 2 a.m. and just being like, God, help me. And I wasn't a religious person. I definitely would have said I was atheist at that point because I, I used to be Christian, but I feel like I thought like, why would a God let bad things happen in this world? Why would a God let us all feel this way and feel unhappy? So I felt kind of, I guess, abandoned. So I didn't really have a faith as such. So for me to say, God help me was, was a big thing. It was a big thing for me to say those words, but I recognized in that moment that was my soul coming through and my ego being like, we're done here. Like I've had enough. So I recognized that that was, I guess, my ego giving up and being like, I need help. I need to, you know, I'm ready to remember why I'm here. I'm ready to remember all the amazing things that come with awareness and that awakening. So that was really what I would call my spiritual awakening. But (laughs) there's been many awakenings along the years and obviously new awakenings to awareness and different things that have happened in my life, which has, I guess, awakened me to a new sort of level as such of knowing myself or inner work. So I don't think we ever just have one spiritual awakening. But for me, I would say like that was definitely the pivotal part for me where I was able to, you know, through myself, heal my depression, through self-love, through self-care, through doing the inner work. Um, And finally, I found something that made sense to me and that really resonated with me, Um, you know, through manifestation, through learning about how I could manifest things into my life um, and taking care of myself and putting myself first as well and, and recognizing the inner work in terms of the toxic patterns that I had or why I was going for these bad boys as such. So it, that was definitely more of a process, the inner work. Um, that was a couple of years that wasn't just straight away. But, you know, starting that journey was life changing for me, quite frankly. Yeah. Can I ask you, what was what was it, if you know, what was it about him? There's something that really kind of leapt out for me as you were speaking. Um, you took care of him you paid you paid for this money he then he didn't pay it back mm-hmm. what was it about that scenario that was the trigger point because there was something in that dynamic there was something in that pattern that created the spiral into depression mm-hmm. and it sounds like it activated something that was old that was really already there do you know what that was 
Absolutely. <laughs> um, so for me, I work with inner child work. It's part of my teachings. And I only am so passionate about inner child work because I've gone through my own inner child journey. So years later, over the last three, four years, as I worked with, you know, peers and friends who were coaches, who were trauma coaches, to really dive into the inner work that was coming up later on in my journey. Um, you know, I, I found these patterns, I found these patterns of inner child. So abandonment as a child, um, although I had, you know, to the outside, a very healthy childhood. And again, I don't blame my parents for this at all. I had everything I needed, but I recognized there were moments where I did feel abandoned. So obviously my inner child, my, that younger version of myself, took that forward. So the reason why I was seeking emotionally unavailable men and the reason why I was seeking these kind of I guess I wanted to give my all to these relationships. I was like, you know, I want to be married. I want to have kids. I want to settle down young. Like I was ready to give my all to somebody, but I didn't give myself my all. I didn't know how to give my all to myself first of all. So that was the first part was self-love and knowing how to love myself first before loving somebody else. But equally as well, that inner child was there, obviously behind the scenes as the ego, the inner critic, piping up and obviously, you know, feeling attracted and almost co-creating these experiences, manifesting these experiences into my life, because that was the energy and vibration I was vibrating at at that time. So for me, it was almost safer to have emotionally unavailable men. I don't know why, obviously it's a very subconscious thing, but obviously when I track it back to, you know, my inner child work and things that came up and healing, you know, I can see how I've like correlated those things and then created those stories, which then led me to feeling safer. And it's really interesting because the one thing I always used to say is like, I really want to be seen in a relationship. I want to be held. I want to be seen. And the very thing that I was resisting was being seen. I didn't want someone to truly see me, fully see me. And it scared me. And it was so interesting to come across that discovery in my healing because it explained why I went for emotionally unavailable men because they were never going to see that real me because they'd never get close enough. So I find it fascinating personally. Obviously at the time it wasn't great, but I find it fascinating now looking back and thinking like, wow, like this is why we do things. This is why these patterns play out in our life. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit b before we came on mic about identity. I know you're just about to go through your Saturn return and it really is a, a, a dissolving of an identity or let's say the birthing of of an identity of your of your maturer self or your woman self and you know there's something you know that I don't know whether you know but my work is very much about ontological work and it's about identity that we attach ourselves to and you know in that you say I don't know why it happens there's a kind of a mechanism that repeats itself there's an identity in that about being the one that is either always longing for love therefore choosing someone that's unavailable but never quite having it met. And that becomes like a, uh, it's like a cloak that we wear and we identify ourselves with, even if it's painful, but it's just how we know ourselves. Yeah. And, to, and even when things come along that are great, if it doesn't fit inside that story, we reject it and we push it away. Mm -hmm. So just out of curiosity, since that it, that pivotal point, which sounded like a real painful point that also woke you up or, or brought you into some deeper healing. How much has that shown up 
that kind of that story, that that trigger point in small and big ways. How much has that shown up since? Because uh, usually, well, I haven't met a human being yet that it doesn't. There's a repetitiveness to it. There's a mechanicalness to it. Um, and it gets less and less if we keep doing the work, but it does tend to keep coming back. Has that shown up throughout since the last nine years? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I'd love to be able to say like, yeah, after that experience, I met Prince Charming and we rode off into the happily ever after. Um, but no, there was definitely some more frogs to kiss before. Um, and obviously, you know, definitely there was that process of surrender. There was so much inner work that had to come up first of all, before, you know, before anything can happen, even just a healthy relationship, Mm. you know, and it's interesting you said about um, the patterns there, because even like that rings so true to me, because even after all of my inner work and all of the therapy I've done over the years and trauma work and inner child work and IEMT, I mean, I do, I do a lot. I'm very conscious. I love trying things and doing things. So even with all of that awareness, you know, even I witness not even just in relationships, but actually as a whole and in relationships as well, that even when something comes along and it's like, you know, aligned and it's healthy and it's good, I freak out a little bit and I witness this pattern. And obviously now I have the awareness, it's a much easier, but you know, I had to say to my friends, I need you to remind me sometimes that I do this when good things happen, like good, honest, aligned things, because you're right. We push those things away. So there's me being very quick off the mark, like, oh, no. And actually the universe is like, will you just stop woman? This is for you. This is aligned. You need to trust. So I think, you know, there's definitely a thing in manifestation, which I don't think a lot of people talk about is actually sometimes getting the things you want is sometimes the hardest work. And is sometimes the scariest because when you've gone through trauma and you've gone through not even just what, I, you know, there's a whole array of things you could have gone through in life. Sometimes when good things come along, it petrifies you. And sometimes that's inner work as well, where actually getting what you want can really be the start of the the journey that you need to go along. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's this saying that I always say, you can never have enough of what you never really wanted. And what I mean by that is that most people will think that they want the house or they want the husband or they want, or they want the money, but actually what they really want is they, they want to use that to fix something that's inside. So what they want is the safety or they want the self-worth or they want the peace or they want the contentment. And so, you know, we'll get the money or we'll get the house and and we will reject it or we'll push it away or we don't know how to enjoy it or we can't really be at peace with it because it wasn't really it wasn't really what you wanted mm-hmm. um and so you know the the internal metamorphosis has to happen first the shifting of who you're being to be able to align with what you're calling Absolutely. in at the same time yeah so what Absolutely. did you what would you say was the biggest thing that you had to surrender and be specific with me. Like when you say it was like a really big surrender, what, what was it? And, and I really, I, I know it, it can be uncomfortable, but I, the people who are listening to this podcast, they want to hear the, the process. What was the biggest thing you had to surrender in this process? 
it's interesting because exactly like what you just said there in terms of we think we want the house, we want the husband. For me, it was definitely like settling down, having a family. Um, and this is what spurred me on to write my book, Positively Wealthy, because, you know, I sat there having manifested everything off my vision board, like literally everything. And I was like, whoa, like you've done this. Like you've achieved every single thing you put on this vision board four years ago at the time. And I was still miserable inside. And I had this like dream guy, dream relationship, but it was a toxic, horrible relationship. I wasn't happy. He was emotionally unavailable. Same patterns as we spoke about before. You know, I had an incredible career. I loved, you know, my career was amazing. Manifested book deals, couldn't complain at all on that front. But I'd realized I'd put all this energy into work and all this energy into like books and money and success. And yeah, absolutely. That lights me up and makes me so grateful but it wasn't my true version of wealth. It wasn't my true version of alignment, which meant that I'd manifest all this stuff and I had this big gaping hole within me of this inner work that still needed to be done. So really I would, you know, I would say, yes, love has been the biggest surrender for me of trusting this process and trusting that at the right time, you know, that I am going to have that family and I am going to settle down. But actually from more, I guess, coaching perspective, I would say that it's control. I would say the biggest part of surrender for me has been control because I see it in all areas of my life. And I recognize that that's my inner child who tries to control the things to be like, come on, like everything's great. We're in control here because control and letting go and surrendering has been like the hardest lesson for me because yes, I say I'm a Virgo, but actually it's, it's inner child here who's resisting it. But, you know, for me, I love processes. I love you know, having a right step one, step two, step three. And that's when you're going to, you know, achieve whatever. Um, but life just doesn't work like that. And, you know, I'm learning that that way. (laughs) I wish it did Nikki, but it just doesn't. So, you know, it's funny because so many people come to me and they're like, Emma, I really want a process to let go. I want a process to surrender and let go. I want a process to manifest this. I want a process to heal. And I say to them, the processes and learning processes, this is the real inner work. Yes, we can work on limiting beliefs and fears. Yes, we can work on all of that. But we have to surrender our need for processes. We have to surrender our need for control because we're not in control. And I love um, what Gabby Bernstein says about taking our hands off the steering wheel of life because yes, we're getting in that car and co-creating by setting our intentions. And I think in the law of attraction sphere, It's very much, you know, I guess a materialistic sphere of do this, do that. And you get the car, the house, the love you want, all of this. And absolutely it works. Absolutely those things exist. But there are so many other factors that go into this that people just don't talk about. And really, if you're manifesting from an aligned space and really if you're manifesting, you know, true, like your true version of wealth and things that are, you know, not filling voids, but actually just adding to the, you know, the fulfillment and happiness you already feel, those things are going to be sustainable. Those things are going to be long lasting and they're going to feel more joyful for you because you're not trying to, like you said, like fill things with these desires as such. So I think people, especially with manifesting, there's a very controlling aspect to it where they're like, someone has told me I can have this 10 million pound mansion and I want it by yesterday. And I have to break it to people that it just doesn't work like that. Um, And, you know, we have to, I guess, go along some processes, of course, but also learn to 
unlearn the process. And that actually, when we relax more into our feminine energy, when we allow ourselves to flow, when we allow ourselves to receive and we allow ourselves Mm. to surrender with the natural rhythms of life, life becomes easier. (laughs) And instead of fighting against the current and fighting against the universe and being like, well, universe, I want this house. I want it by tomorrow. This is how it should look. It can't happen any other way. That's resistance. That's not flowing. That's not co-creating, which is what manifesting is. It's control. So really, I see it a lot in manifesting. I witness it a lot within myself with manifesting and with, you know, just various things in life as well. And I witness that it comes from that inner child that seeks the control, that seeks, you know, to have control over life, to feel safe. And that's what it is. The control is a mechanism to feel safe. But it's a false sense of safety because really, you know, those things can be ripped away. The house can be ripped away. The relationship can be ripped away. And then who are you? Exactly what you said, your identity. Who are you without those things? And before I was definitely someone who would have been like destroyed if I lost that previous relationship. I was heartbroken. But the universe took that away to show me that that's not healthy and to show me that that codependency and those that in, you know, I guess intensity as well is not what love truly is. And that's not what was meant for me. And that when things are right, they flow and it doesn't have to be a fight. It doesn't have to be a clinging on to something for dear life (laughs) to keep it in your life. It doesn't have to be like that. And really, I think that I know this is like a really long winded answer here for you, Nikki. But for me, I feel like, you know, the biggest lesson has letting go of control and really allowing and saying, look, I'm not in control here. And that's okay. And when I really learned to just live my life, be happy, do my inner work for me, love myself unconditionally first, the universe moved mountains in many ways. And things like my little dog, you know, I'd wanted my dog for years and I thought it would never happen just because of like, I'm renting this property at the moment. So I was like, oh, like, I'm not sure I'd be able to do it in renting. And all these blocks, all these things for years where nothing happened in my personal life, everything happened within like two months. And there was me like, whoa, all I had to do was get out my own goddamn way. Like it was that easy. Obviously there was tons of inner work before it as well. Let's not forget that. Um, But it was as simple as surrendering to the process and realizing, hey, what was if I just let go of this? What happens if I just lived my life? What happens if I didn't try to control everything and micromanage everything? what would happen? And Mm. abundance was the answer because the universe could finally step in and say, thank God she's got out of her own way. We can now bring in what's actually meant for her and in the way that it was always meant to be. So I think it's a really important lesson control in manifesting and law of attraction. But I guess there'll be, you know, and you'll know this as well from working with people, Nikki, there'll be so many people out there who have this control mechanism. Well, I mean, I think, I think it's important to know that most human beings will have, if not all human beings will have a control mechanism because the, 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 the design function of the human mind is for us to survive Mm -hmm. and in service of survival, what does, what is the behavior that comes with that? It's, it's trying to find ways to stay in control over any kind of threat. So, you know, I think it's really important to know that 
all a, a, a part of the human condition is is a, is is a state of resistance, is a state of survival, because you know we we want to be able to not die, basically. So that's on a deep level, um, and and so I think that is a real pattern that most people will find themselves in. But I think what's really interesting is 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 when you let go of control, or when you're willing to let go of control. It's important for people to hear that what you were controlling in the first place or what you were resisting in the first place is going to come up. If you're really letting go of control, then the fears and the shame and the low self-worth, everything that we were trying to resist in the first place is going to come up. And that's, is that what happened for you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, for me, it's been, you know, yes, I spiritually awakened six years ago, but really that deep inner work has been a three, four year process where it's layers, you know, I'm there like, oh, okay. Didn't know that self-worth issue was there. And then there was like receiving from the masculine. And then there was like, you know, other different layers. So, you know, it's definitely been, and, you know, from what I'm writing about at the moment and what I'm teaching at the moment, you know, the work never stops. It's not just a, you know, right, done, job done. Let's go live our best lives. You know, there's going to be stuff that comes up in life. There's going to be new layers and the inner work comes up when it's ready. So for me, it wasn't just an all in one job hit and boom, six months later, I walked out a brand new shiny person. It's been a three, four year process and I'm sure there will still be other stuff that comes up in the future. Definitely. You know, we're not just going to be these perfect human beings because perfection doesn't exist and things come up in layers it's like an onion as such so yeah absolutely as soon as I was able to witness and start to understand and learn the you know the healing process and what was coming up and why thing you know patterns were playing out in my life definitely over time those all of those things I've been resisting came up um and you know it can feel tough at times it can feel I guess almost like repetitive you're like oh my god when's this journey gonna stop what do you mean and other things come up but that's life and again it will be different for every single person of depending on their experiences what they've gone through some people have more some people have less completely depends on the individual but for me although it's been I would say a challenging three to four years it's been expansive it's been exactly what I've needed and I wouldn't change it for the world because it's made me who I am today it's allowed me to live the life I have today and experience the happiness I have today so I guess it's that beautiful thing of hindsight where you can look back and say like thank god that happened but at the time you're like when is this going to end? Like what? And then, you know, it can, it can be heavy to go through the inner work. It can be heavy to go through, you know, counseling or therapy or coaching, whatever you choose to go down. It can be a heavy process because you're bringing everything up. It's like ripping the plaster off, you know, it's going to come to the surface. So you're right. It absolutely comes up and it absolutely comes up to be released. So if things are coming up for you, it's because it's ready to be released. It's not a negative thing. It's not a positive thing. It's just one of those things that you have to, you know, allow, allow in that process and love yourself enough to positively deal with it in, you know, in the right way for you. Absolutely. So I know it's your birthday coming up. When's your birthday? What's the date? 30th of August. <laughs> 30th of August. So what would you say is your intention? For your 28th year? Oh, good question. 
Hmm. I haven't actually thought about this yet, actually. So it's probably good you've asked me this. I can have a good think over the next two weeks now. But I think more peace. I think for me, obviously I have work goals in terms of like, I really want my next book to, I want to feel so clear with it and allow that to write over the next year. Um, and, you know, birth that book definitely. But I think for myself as me individually, I think just more of what I've experienced in my 27th year. I mean, obviously I'm not saying every part, there was a big transformation in my 27th year, but for me, I'm in a really good place. And for me, it's actually more about more of this, not necessarily seeking or saying, right, what's next or next goal, next thing. Like, I really don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do at all. So I feel like for the first time, my answer is more of this, please universe, which I never thought I would say. (laughs) And when you say this, just because I want to hear it specifically, when you say this, what is this? I think just when you say more of this, I think just more contentment, peace, happiness. I think joy. I feel like I've experienced more joy in the last year. I think I've now I, because balance has been a really big theme for me recently. Um, over, I experienced burnout at the last, at the end of last year. And I've had some big health things come up, which has never really been, I've always been very healthy, luckily. Um, but for me, I had, um, really high prolactin at the end of last year, which is one of the sexual hormones. And my, I've had chronic acne for about three, four years now. And again, like my health has been such a journey for me the last three, four years, but I realized it was because Mm. I had chronic stress. I was burnt out and I was pushing myself through this toxic relationship to cope, to manage. So of course my body was just going to be coping in whatever way it could. So really my body's been healing the last year. Um, so it's nice to be in a place where I got the news the other day that I've managed to reduce my prolactin down to a healthy, um, number by myself using, you know, like supplements, yoga, mindfulness, healing. So that for me brings me great joy to know that my body's happy and healthy again, and that I've been able to do that. Um, so I think more of this is just, again, like that balance I've been able to create where I allow myself time off more, where I enjoy my puppy, where I enjoy my new relationship, where I enjoy my friends. And, you know, now the world's hopefully opening a little bit more back up again, fingers crossed, you know, eventually, hopefully be able to travel. Um, but, you know, just, I think more of this just means more of happiness and contentment. Definitely. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much, Emma. It's been really lovely to sit with you and to chat with you and to hear your story. I wish you a really beautiful, happy birthday, 28th year. It's a really beautiful transition phase. So I hope that you have the contentment and the peace and the joy that you intend for the year ahead. And thank you so much for being on Soul Surgery. I'm sure it's been a real gift for everyone listening. Um, yeah, I really wish you well. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Nikki. It's been such a joy and it's always lovely (laughs) chatting with you. And yeah, just thank you. It's been amazing.